think I could see someone like Brentford scoring. Uh, Bournemouth, definitely not. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the All Things FPL podcast. My name is Spice, and I will be your host for today's episode, as we have a lot to kind of talk about ahead of, you know, game week eight. Uh, Obviously, we had an interesting game week seven where no games were played, yet a majority of players that didn't make any moves ended up getting a nice green arrow, myself included. I moved up like 70,000 spots uh, for doing absolutely nothing, so that was very nice to see. Um, and it was kind of nice to get a little bit of a break from FPL after what I think a lot of people will consider a very hectic and, you know, interesting start. And obviously coming after this little break, a lot of people were planning on using the wild card. Uh, we do have fixtures this week the champions league will be going ahead no matter what uefa have come out and said they expect all the english teams to play or else i believe they'll probably take forfeit points uh not to mention we do currently have scheduled uh premier league fixtures uh for next weekend now i'm not entirely sure if some of these fixtures have been moved already or not from what i'm looking at it looks like it probably has uh, been tinkered a little bit um but a lot of um talk has been that uh the clubs that play in london they don't want them to play at home so for example uh on saturday tottenham play leicester city in north london and they would rather maybe switch the fixtures and have you know, Leicester City be the host of that. Now, it really, for me, it's not really a serious consideration as you really just, you're not going to be able to sell enough tickets in time if Leicester are suddenly the host for this match. Uh, A lot of people that traveled down for, or traveled from, you know, different countries to watch these games, there's a lot of issues with that. I know there was a lot of issues last week with people coming in and, you know, traveling from wherever in the world just to find out the games have been canceled. So it's going to be interesting to see what the solution is. Now, I believe that the it's going to be an all weekend process, I think, with the the queen and, um, you know, her whole uh, burial ceremony and all that. I'm going to be I I don't see too many London, London teams really playing. And, you know, how late can it really go until Sunday? Obviously, the big issue is policing. Is there going to be enough police to be able to do the London games plus that? Uh, So that's kind of the big thing. So I guess the fixtures that are really in doubt, um, of course, are going to be Tottenham uh, when they play Leicester City, um, you know, Chelsea and Liverpool. Those are the two big games, of course. Uh, Now, of course, there has been rumor that Liverpool could host it. Again, you really struggle to kind of fill the stadium on such a short notice with ticket sales and all that. Again, we're going to have to kind of see how it plays out. But anyways, we do currently have a Friday deadline. Uh, We have two matches where Villa play Southampton, Forest play Fulham. Uh, Then on Saturday, we only have four or three matches because Brighton and Crystal Palace has been uh, postponed. That game will not go ahead no matter what. Uh, Then we have Newcastle Bournemouth, Tottenham Leicester, and then Sunday we have uh, the rest of the teams playing. So I think these games are going to go ahead. Um... Some of the EFL leagues, uh, they have said they, they want to play, they need to play, especially ahead of the World Cup. I know these Premier League fixtures need to get done, and there's a, you know, there's a lot coming up as far as everything goes. I think these Prem games will go ahead. I wouldn't be surprised to see 
a game like Chelsea versus Liverpool or something get postponed to maybe the Monday night. Uh, I know international break starts. I know, you know, what's coming up. There's, there's so much coming up. They have such a tight schedule. But I feel like postponing two of these games, especially for big clubs like, you know, Chelsea, Liverpool, like these guys are going to be involved in the FA Cup, the EFL Cup, the Champions League, uh, like late season. It's going to be really hard to find a time slot to put these clubs in. And of course, you don't want to put them in where they have like two days rest in between, um, you know, each game. And, you know, you ruin kind of the integrity of this match. So by all means, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of happens um, but regardless, today's episode, I didn't want to talk too much about uh, a preview. We're going to do that later this week. I wanted to talk about wildcard because that's the big thing that's kind of coming up for a lot of players is going to be the wildcard. So I want to go over what I believe the new template is right now, um, where a lot of people are going to be moving on wildcard. So you can decide, you know, who you want to bring in. Now, I think the best strategy in FPL right now, especially with the, you know, I guess we'll call it the wild card world cup unlimited transfers world cup period coming up is if you mess up if you pick the wrong team uh, you have a chance to you know fix it when we get unlimited transfers so you know we're going to go kind of position by position and I'm going to say a few players that I think everybody's going to have in their team now when you guys are picking your team you need to have a good balance of course you want to pick a few differential options and then you want to make sure your team is you know a little bit the template in it or else if your team underperforms you get absolutely killed every week and you know that's a huge difference in rank but this is where a lot of people are going to be able to make up gains really challenge for winning fpl or they're going to ruin their season it's when these wild cards come out and of course we are getting a lot of fixture turns liverpool have very tough fixtures a lot of people are getting rid of trent alexander arnold you know city they're starting to come up against some you know tougher fixtures in the coming game weeks uh you know some people may look away from the triple city up and just go with the double city up arsenal for example they have a lot of tough fixtures coming and i can guarantee you that a lot of players are getting rid of some of these arsenal assets so uh you know teams are coming in and out of the template now there's probably not a clear clear template but you know, it's it's changing. It, the template from, you know, the beginning of the season that we had, it's no longer there. So anyways, let's start at the goalkeeper spot. And um, right off the bat, the highest owned players right now, uh, the players that everybody's going to have is uh, Robert Sanchez, I guess Ederson or Allison, who actually have high ownership numbers. I wasn't expecting it. Or Ramsdale or Pope. Now, I think that Pope is going to be a very popular choice uh, post wildcard because the fixtures from eight and on are actually superb. Uh, it's Bournemouth at home, Fulham away, Brentford at home, Manchester United away, Everton at home. So from eight to 12, that that is a really nice run. They have Tottenham in 13, but then they have Villa, Southampton and Chelsea prior to the World Cup. So those are really, really kind fixtures for uh, Newcastle United. And I think Pope is a great option. I mean, I think at least in half of those matches, they keep a clean sheet, if not maybe more. The only team they'll probably struggle to keep a clean sheet against would be Manchester United. But I, I know I know Chelsea have a new manager coming in, so maybe, you know, things can, uh, maybe they can score. And of course, they play Tottenham, so Tottenham will probably score against them too. But those other games, like I don't, think I could see someone like Brentford scoring uh, Bournemouth definitely not so there are clean sheets to be had with this Newcastle side 
obviously your next goalkeeper is probably still going to be Danny Ward. Uh, you know, it's not the best choice. He's really bad. It's, it's a bad choice. But uh, he's 4.0, uh, and he plays, so he's a good backup. He's just like Ben Foster. You're not expecting anything from him, despite how that Watford team probably looked better defensively than this Leicester City team. Anyways, in the defensive spots, uh, you know, these are really interesting because, you know, the big game plan coming into this year was big at the back, big at the back, big at the back, and it's been a complete bust. So... When we're looking at some of these defenders, I think um, it's going to be really interesting. Of course, we're going to go a little bit off of form, but I think a majority of players, again, kind of like moving into Pope, are going to move into Kieran Trippier. Obviously, I just named all the fixtures. Uh, he's the second highest scoring defender right now in the game, and uh, he's had really good returns. He's had a 7 7 6 2 0 8. Those are his past six. Those are great returns for a uh, defender. He's been very solid. Uh, obviously, not, no huge hauls or anything like that. But still, um, he's just been ticking away. And he's the second highest scoring defender in the game. Now, our highest scorer in the game is Jao Cancelo. And I think he's a good option. Uh, you know, like I said, City have some tougher fixtures coming up. You know, they have Wolves away, Manchester United home, Southampton home in the next three. But then they have Liverpool away, Arsenal away, which will be very tough. Brighton at home, which should be tough depending on how they play. So, of course, you know, Jao Cancelo is a defender you're definitely going to have uh, because he can assist, he can score. Uh, and City are in good form. You know, they're not like Liverpool who, um, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold, he doesn't make this list. He He's, he's a player I would avoid. Uh, and the reason why I'd avoid is because the fixtures are tough. Chelsea away, Brighton at home, Arsenal away, City at home, West Ham at home, and then they have Forest away, Leeds at home, but then Tottenham away. So, you know, they have a very tough... And it sucks because they had one of the better starts, um, you know, for a lot of these Premier League teams. You expected a lot from them at the start of the season, and, um, you know, they didn't really play well at all. Trent Alexander-Arnold does have 24 points this season, but 17 of those came in one game against Bournemouth. So, for me, I think these Liverpool defenders are in a void right now. Next up on the list is going to have to be Reese James. Of course, new manager coming in. Of course, they do have Liverpool next, but then they have a rather decent run until the World Cup. They don't have any extremely tough teams, but they do have teams that'll give them a good game. They have Crystal Palace away, which is never easy. They have Wolves at home and then Villa away, which, you know, it seems won't be super easy, but is definitely doable. Then they have Brentford away, Manchester United home, Brighton away, Arsenal home, Newcastle away. So not the greatest fixtures. But they're not the absolute worst, and Chelsea could probably keep a couple new clean sheets. New manager coming in, um, you know, I could definitely see Chelsea uh, playing, you know, well. Uh, so I think Reese James is a must-have on that team, just because there's also not a lot of other options. Um, you know, I, I don't know. There, there's not too many great choices right now in that back. Uh, next up, we can talk about the Tottenham ones. I guess you can go ahead with Perisic, but these guys give you such a nightmare that I just feel like it's not even worth it at the moment. Um, it, it's really tough to kind of say Tottenham have mixed fixtures as well not really a great run uh, you know they have a good game then they have a tough game medium game good game tough game so 
and they don't really have a nice stretch and I think Tottenham are probably in a void till post World Cup in which after the World Cup they actually do have a pretty decent run and uh, up until about you know February uh, honestly they have a they have a really good run uh, but they have a lot of tough games and a lot of tough away games coming up which is going to be very difficult for them uh, and again, you, you're fighting against rotation, so it's really tough to kind of say. Arsenal, like we said, they have really tough fixtures as well, but I think you throw one of them in, um, probably like Zinchenko or something, somebody who will get forward and could get you attacking returns. Their ownership's actually pretty low now. Zinchenko is only owned by 15% of the game, which in my opinion is still is actually really low for a player of his quality. He definitely can get attacking returns in which we've seen. So, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to grabbing him. But of course, you know, they have Brentford away coming up, which won't be easy. Then Tottenham at home, Liverpool at home. Uh, then they have City at home in game week 12 and then Chelsea away in game week 15. So it's really tough for these Arsenal guys, too. Um, I know a lot of people have been, you know, going on with Nico Williams. Forest suck. They have the most, the highest X expected goals concede i think it is xc xgc um they're really tough of course you know you could get returns from him uh the fixtures aren't bad in their next four but he's four million like this isn't a guy you really want to start with uh as far as any of the other defenders go i mean the other teams you could that, that were really in consideration were brighton but do you really want brighton guys now that the you know now that they're new man you know new manager coming in how are they going to look i mean lalana's the player manager as of right now so it's going to be interesting to see what kind of happens with them i suppose you could go with the double newcastle defense uh you could take a uh, fabian shaw i think he's a great one at a great price and then just kind of play very inexpensive at the back before you go ahead and um know push on forward to the midfielders and i think the midfield options get very interesting i think a lot of people are going to find that they want to stick with salah so obviously the main choices are going to be martinelli um salah and i guess luis diaz as well i think liverpool can score goals i think they'll probably i think salah will find his way uh into some really good form but salah's the second highest scoring midfielder right now um, I know his price doesn't justify it, but the difference between his pricing and our first place guy and, you know, Alexi McAllister is Salah is going to be consistent. He's going to get these returns all season long. And if the season was to end, you know, when he keeps this pace up, he's still going to return you about 200 points, 250 points. So I don't see why you wouldn't go ahead and grab Mo Salah. Kevin De Bruyne's also another very, very interesting option too. Um, with Brighton, of course, bringing him in now, you run the risk of just a new system, new manager coming in and everything kind of going to ruins. I don't know. I would be careful. But if you're going small at the back, I just don't see why you wouldn't bring in some premiums uh, in Salah, in KDB. I don't see a reason why you need to only go one of them and bring in a bunch of little 6 million midfielders. I do think it's worth taking a look at Marcus Rashford. He seems to kind of rejuvenated. Uh, his form looks good. Odegaard's had a very good start to the season. Wills Zaha actually looks like a great option. And Crystal Palace's fixtures look amazing uh, until the end. In game week nine, obviously they don't play in game week eight, which kind of sucks. But if you're wild carding, you're doing this after the international break. You're not doing it before and 
you're not doing it this week. You're doing it during international break. So you could see the fitness issues, the injuries and all that. He has Chelsea in game week nine. And then he has Leeds, Leicester, Wolves, Everton, Southampton, West Ham, and then Nottingham Forest. That is an amazing run. And Wolf Zaha will be coming in for me uh, in exchange for Gundogan. Um, it just seems like a no-brainer for me. It seems like an absolute no-brainer of a move to make. Uh, he seems he's gonna be he's he's a great player. Anyways, uh, looking at some other ones, uh, I like maybe the look of Sterling. It might be worth kind of keeping an eye on him, especially if you know Potter comes in and transforms that attack. I think he could be a very good option as well. Uh, looking at the forwards, obviously Erling Haaland is your best way to go, but I think this is where you should spend the majority of your money at the moment because forwards are in. They are playing very well. Haaland's the, obviously the top choice, and he's actually getting close to about 80% ownership now, which is just insane. He's close to about 80% ownership. He's a guy you need in your team. He's basically essential. Gabriel Jesus is the other guy. He's actually been kind of poor. He's had one major haul, and that was game week two against a very poor Leicester side. Since then, he's been very quiet. I feel like he, just in the matches, he he doesn't seem as threatening as he was in those first two. And I think he's someone that you could probably go against because I think you're better off going with Mitrovic or Tony or even Harry Kane, uh, depending on the budget. I think those are the four or five attackers everybody's going to have. But this is where all your budget should go. You should be having three playing forwards now. There's no excuse not to with every other position really not playing too well. And it's why you could probably afford Salah because Holland's going to be your only expensive forward, really. You're either going Holland or Kane, or if you do go both, still could probably fit Salah in if you're not going big at the back. Mitrovic is on fire. Tony is playing very well. Um, so if we take a look here, here's Tony's fixtures. He has Arsenal at home coming up, then Bournemouth away, Newcastle away, Brighton at home, Chelsea at home, Villa away, Wolves home, Forest away. Not the greatest fixtures, but not the worst. He's a guy who could probably score in any game at any time. Looking at Mitrovic, Fulham have a great run coming up. They have Forest away, Newcastle at home, West Ham away, Bournemouth at home, Villa at home, Leeds away, Everton home. It's a great run coming up for uh, Mitrovic. Kane also, you know, he's kind of got that mixed match. He's got a good match and a poor match, but Kane can score in any match too. And uh, same with Holland as well. So. I really like the look of all the forwards. I think that's your best move as far as wild card and go. Big up front, you know, throw a premium in at the midfield and grab yourself a couple, you know, an 8 million and then 7 million, then kind of keep the rest down and just go smaller at the back. I think it's the best move. Anyways, guys, I uh, would like the podcast to continue on, but we have nothing else to talk about. Uh, I think we're going to have another pod either Thursday or Friday, just kind of previewing the games coming up, the games that we know are going to go ahead, and kind of planning out maybe some more team structures. Uh, like I said, I think wildcards are a really good idea to do during the international break. Don't do it prior, but do it during because what's going to happen is injuries are going to happen. Teams are going to get all messed up. So. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you guys enjoyed, please drop a review, drop a like, wherever you're listening, follow, do all that good stuff. You already know how it goes. And uh, until next time, guys. Peace.